0: a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a wonderful show for you today. I've got a brand new segment in hour two, which I've been anticipating and and the day has finally arrived. It's called At Least Two Jews and a Gentile. We're going to discuss all things uh, regarding to uh, Jewish tradition and understanding how we interpret scripture. As we read and study scripture, we always need to look at the context in which it was written and to whom it was written to. And so we will worship uh, the Jewish rabbi named Jesus uh, through all of that. So I'm looking forward to that. It's almost kind of like a, uh, a guy talk version of the show with uh, three Jewish believers and a Gentile uh, as well. So it's going to be great. And Dr. Alex Early is going to be joining the program. Meeting him for the first time, he has written a, a book on how to explain theology to kids and because I always think I learn a lot when I read kids' books because sometimes the best way to learn things is to hear it explained to a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old. And during COVID, one of the projects he had when he was talking to his kids because uh, his kid, uh, one of his kids asked him about kind of a big theological word and he said, oh, okay, well, I'll try to explain it to you. And that kept going and going, and then all of a sudden it turned into a book. So that is um, what's going to be happening. And Dr. Alex McFarlane is going to join me. I think he's on his way to joining the program uh, because we started with a time clock. It started a few minutes early. Uh, We all start the programs now at the top of the hour. Instead of four minutes after the hour, and Alex, being a regular guest, may not be ready yet to adjust to the new schedule. So he's going to be joining me in just a minute. And I am excited about uh, if you want to learn more about Jesus, and that's why we're here at Faith Radio, you can text the word faith to 41224. So if you've got questions about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ, what it means, you can text the word faith to 41224. And I would love for you to do that. And I don't know if you've signed up for reading the Bible together, but we're discussing the lineage of Jesus. And you can join us for the next Reading the Bible Together plan as we discover how five unexpected women were instrumental in the family of Jesus. It's going to be a great study. All right, Dr. Alex McFarland, as you know, is a regular guest on the show, and you can learn more about him at alexmcfarlane.com. Hello, Alex. Hello, Bill. How have you been? I've been well. I've been well. Yeah, we moved our time clock around a little bit. We start at the top of the hour now, and we just got to make sure uh, you— uh, Know that. <laughs>
1: ah, well, you're very gracious, and sorry if I was a minute late.
0: Oh no, no problem at all. You know, every Wednesday I've got um, on my calendar Witness Wednesday, where I want to make sure people hear a, a testimony of what it means to believe in the Lord Jesus. And I know you've shared your testimony in the past, but I would say in the last uh, three months or so, we have added. I think the practically the entire state of Missouri, into the network. So there's a lot of people wow. just getting to know Alex McFarland for the first time, which is really great. And, wow. and because well, there's nothing more powerful than a man's testimony, I would love for you to, again, share a part of your testimony with us.
1: Well, thanks, Bill. It's always an honor to be on. I just, I love the Faith Radio Network, and I've counted a great blessing to be on your program. And I that is tremendous that Missouri has come online with, uh-huh. with your network. Wow. You know, i, I got to tell you that uh, one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever been, I was at a camp there. Some people will know this camp near Springfield, Missouri, called Camp Barnabas. And I was there a couple of years ago, and I think it was like in April. It was the springtime. And I want to tell you, the green landscape, it, it just has to be some of the most beautiful Land I've seen in mm-hmm. America. But you asked about my testimony. You know, growing up in the South in the Bible Belt, you know, there's a church on every corner, and my family went to church periodically. And at about 13, I I joined the church, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. because I was in a Sunday school class, and they told us to fill out this card and join the church, and we could uh, take communion and attend the business meetings. Well, and that's, of course, what every 13-year-old boy lives to do, you know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Bill, I believed in God, and I believed that, you know, uh, God was real, and, and I, I would pray, but I didn't really know the Lord Jesus personally till I was in college. At age 21, I was invited to a Bible study. And they were going through the book of Acts. And the, in Acts 16, verse 31, and here's what got my attention, Bill. This this jailer asked the Apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So the the teacher, he was explaining that there's, there's not just mere acknowledgement of a fact, that there's a, a relationship in your heart. Believe. James 2, verse 19 says that the devil believes, yet trembles. And so he was kind of unpacking that, and he said, look, if you ask Satan, does God exist? Even Satan could say God exists. Did you know the Bible is true? Even the devil could say, yes, I know that. Mm-hmm. But the belief, like John 3, 16, Whosoever believes in him, John six forty. if you believe, what that means is not mere acknowledgement of a fact, but it's uh, uh, in your heart, the, the core of who you are, you're admitting to God, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, and I admit that I've, I've sinned. And I believe, I trust that when Jesus died on the cross, he did that for me. And, Lord, I'm repenting. That means to turn to Christ and to—well, really, repentance means to change your mind and agree with God and say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died for me. I'm putting my faith in Jesus and what He did, and Lord, please save me. And uh, for me, it was 21. My life did change, um, and now still— I was just this introverted kid who, pretty shy, didn't talk to much of anybody. But I kind of came out of my shell and learned to talk about the Lord because my friends needed to to be born again. But, Bill, even somebody listening right now, they can be born from above, born spiritually, born again, as Jesus talks about in John 3, if they will admit they're a sinner, believe in Christ, and then ask Him— Call his name. Um, there's more I'd like to share, but that was my testimony. Yeah, now
0: I, I love that. And Alex, I'm, I've got John 6:29 out. You probably know that verse. Jesus answered, "The work of God is this: to believe in the one He has sent." Seems kind of straightforward to me, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had people say to me, "What does God want for me? What does God want me to do?" You nailed it, John 6:29. This is also in First John, but here's what God wants you to do: Believe in Jesus Christ that the Father sent. Mm-hmm. Um, now, about a year ago, oh, please, I, I go was, ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to raise some money for our camps, and I went to see a gentleman uh, who was very wealthy, a godly, very, very kind man. And Bill, I'm going to tell you, I was intimidated, and I was kind of stammering and stumbling. And I needed seventy thousand dollars for our youth camps, and I was kind of, you know, beating around the bush. And the the man he said, "What what may I do for you?" And I'm, you know, talking around in circles. <laughs> yeah. He he said, "Just ask me." Okay. And he, he reached across the table, and he put his hand, he said, "Alex, tell me what you need." Mm. And I said, "I need seventy thousand dollars." He said, "Okay," and he gave it to me. For the ministry, for wow. the camps, here's what God is saying to everybody listening. Just ask me. and, and if, if anybody's listening, they say, "You know, I, I want to know that I'm a Christian. I, I want to know that my sins are washed away. Just ask him. Call out. The Bible says in Romans 10:13, John 6:37, "If you come to Christ, call out to Jesus, He will hear you." He will answer you. And like the man said to me, and God says to us, just ask, call out to him.
0: Yeah. Alex, I think of Mark chapter 10, when uh, Jesus was walking by uh, Bartimaeus, who was calling out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone else is telling him, quiet. He doesn't want to talk to you. And he finally got his attention. And they said, okay, he wants to talk to you. So Bartimaeus gets up takes off his blind beggar's cloak. I don't know what the significance of that is. I wonder if he's thinking, I'll never need this again. But he approaches Jesus, and Jesus still says, what do you want? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Mm. Even though it must have been clearly obvious that he was a blind beggar, Jesus still said, what do you want? And I go, that's a very important point. You need to ask him for what you want.
1: Yeah, you know James four two, and and I know you and I. Whenever you and I converse, we quote a lot of scripture, but but that that's our authority. The the word of God is our authority, and James four two says that you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a beautiful thing in praying and every day seeking the Lord because. Um, it's not just about getting our needs met, although that's part of it. But in in praying and asking and waiting and receiving, I, I believe our relationship and our intimacy with Jesus grows. Yeah, in, in that process. Yeah, I mean, Bart,
0: Bartimaeus, a blind man with a desire, and he ran to Jesus with that desire. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, um, <laughs> the Lord is so good. Psalm thirty seven four. Uh, I was a young believer, and I came across that verse, and it says, "Commit your way to the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart." Commit your way to the Lord; He'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, you know, let's make sure that our desires are godly desires, because mm-hmm. um, you know He's not going to give you ungodly, unrighteous, unbiblical desires. But listen, I I came to the Lord with some pretty big desires I had. A group of my friends that I urgently wish they would put their faith in the Lord, and one by one they did. In fact, a couple of my friends that were just (laughs) anything but believers Mm -hmm. initially did become born-again Christians. I wanted to meet the Beach Boys and tell them about (laughs) Jesus, and I had been kicked out of many concerts, and I could never talk my way backstage And I began to pray, and I said, Lord, you know, yeah, I mean, they were like some of my musical heroes, but long story short, in Charlotte, North Carolina, I met one of their musicians who has become one of my closest personal friends now for 35 years, spent lots of time around and with the Beach Boys talking about Jesus, occasionally uh, praying with several of them about Jesus. And I mean, that's the reason I'm sharing that is not to be name dropping, but like I've come to the Lord with some pretty big requests. And I've always tried to say, Lord, if you'll allow me this, I want to do it for the gospel. Lord, I will give you the glory, but please open this or that door. I like that. He does it. God hears and answers prayer.
0: Amen to that. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest. If you have a question or comment, you're always free to text it over 877-933-2484. I've got a big question for Alex when we come back. You're not going to want to miss it. Be right back. All right. Some of the most awesome people are podcast listeners. That would be you. Thank you so much for doing it. You find time to listen to Faith Radio You listen at night, you put in your earbuds, you walk your dog, you go to the gym, you do all kinds of stuff, but you do make time, and that's beautiful, and it couldn't be any better that you also support Faith Radio, that you said yes to participating this year in our fall fundraiser. I must say, it is just the best, the best that you do that. Thank you so much. From the bottom, the middle, and the top of my heart, it just means the world to us. Appreciate you so much. Thank you again and again. I certainly don't want to confuse anybody today, but my first two guests this hour are both named Alex. The Alex I'm speaking to right now is Dr. Alex McFarland. You can learn more about him at alexmcfarland.com. He's written over 20 books. He's got lots of great resources. Always glad to have him on. All right, Alex, here's my big question. How do we know if we have the kind of faith that pleases
1: God? Wow, that, that's a great question. Um because you know, the book of Hebrews says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." Well, let's talk about the word faith. It's really, um, in the original language, it's "pisteo," p-i-s-t-e-a-u, uh, and it, it really means trust. Mm-hmm. And we 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 should trust God. Yeah, Bill, I'll confess some things that I've trusted God about, and some things I, I should have trusted Him more, but. I will say this. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever going to get to heaven and God is going to reprimand them and say, oh, my goodness, you trusted me way too much. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I, first of all, we need to remember that, you know, God is able. In, in John 10, Jesus said, the Father has given me all things. So, so I mean, we can trust that Jesus Christ is able, Jesus Christ has the authority, Jesus Christ is is for us. I mean, He laid down His life for us. So um, He said in Luke ten twenty two that the Father had put all things in His hands. So we can trust Him. But to your question, Bill, the kind of faith that pleases God, well, for one thing, it it, it needs to be, you know, the the trust like a child would have mm-hmm. of a parent. We need to trust our loving Heavenly Father. But it also, I do think it needs to be rooted in Scripture, you know, because every now and then I'll hear Christians say, you know, well, good luck. Uh, well, it's not luck or fismet mm-hmm. or happenstance, and it's, it's not presumption. You know, well, I'm just going to live be- way beyond my means and just trust God. I think it needs to be a, a childlike faith, a humble faith, an obedient faith. Um, if God, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about an area of your life that needs to be changed, and maybe some behavior that's not pleasing to God, mm-hmm. um, but it needs to be a biblical faith. And, uh, you know, uh, I realize... Sometimes it takes a process to really get our house in order, but um, true faith is, is, I think, validated by the life we live and how obedient we are to His Word. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, though, God, God loves us. God is for us. But God cannot bless us if we are in rebellion. That's just a fact. Yeah. But Alex, if I think
0: of blind Bartimaeus and Jesus said, your faith has made you well. So Bartimaeus had the kind of faith that pleased God. He had a, a, a complete trust in the healer. So yeah. this is awesome. But let's say I have a complete trust in the healer for some outcome from some illness and it doesn't get answered the way I hope. Where does that leave Yeah. You?
1: Well, there are some things, you know, Josh McDowell, who has made and is making a huge influence in my life, I've heard Josh say that uh, God has three answers to prayer, yes, no, or wait for something better. And the fact is, oftentimes the, the struggles and the stresses that we're under are like preparation for ministry. Now, I, I think about if, if there's anybody I've ever known that is godly, an incredibly godly person, it's Johnny Erickson Tata. Yes. And, and I've known other people that are, you know, very, very godly people and yet have suffered under physical infirmity and sickness. And listen, I, I, I believe in healing. I, I mean, I really do. And I've seen, I've seen God do a work in people that can only be described as miraculous. But at the same time, I've also seen times where, like Paul, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and you know, um, don't think, oh, I guess I didn't have enough faith. You know, I, I guess there there are some things that are just known only to God. And very often that uh, burden that we are so desirous of, to the out from under, it might be a time that God draws us closer to himself. Uh, God prepares us for ministry because, you know, it talks about that we comfort others with the same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So in, in other words, it might be that in bearing up under something, we can someday legitimately say to somebody else, I, I understand what you're going through. And God is faithful. Mm-hmm. So we, we trust God. We know God is able. Look, I mean, He called the universe into existence. He can heal us. He can sustain us. But sometimes for our good and His glory, and and that's a—it takes a little bit of spiritual maturity to really accept this. Sometimes for our growth and our good and and His glory— he puts us in heaven's uh waiting room, and uh, you know it's it's not easy to wait sometimes, but sometimes the times of um pain and waiting are times that we learn the most bill
0: yeah so I, so true
1: yeah so alex if i if I place God my is good
0: yeah, if I place my faith in jesus do i do I just have to believe and say i i trust, I rely? on you, I'm giving you my allegiance, or do I have to have somebody walk me through a prayer, or
1: what do I have to do? Great question, great question. You know, many people come to Christ um, alongside a friend or, you know, a pastor or whomever, but people listening to this program right now could open their heart to the Lord Jesus. You you might be by yourself, uh, but you're not. Mm -hmm. God is with you. Um, I I want to share a little brief prayer, and and these are not magic words, but it's the the sincerity of your heart. But I I do want to say this, that your your faith must be focused on the right object. Mm -hmm. It's not just that we have some nebulous, undirected, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual, or I have faith. No, it's a faith in Jesus. Who is Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate? What did he do on the cross? The punishment for sin that we deserve was put on Jesus. And then how, how do I appropriate this to my life? Well, you call out to Christ. And could I just lead in a little a prayer that if it's yeah, kind of where...
0: You, we just have about 60 seconds.
1: Yeah. Folks, if you pray, Jesus has promised to hear you. That's John six thirty seven. So pray like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God, as you said. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. And I'm asking you to save my soul, wash my sin away, make me your child in Jesus' name. Have you prayed that? John 6, 37, 1 John 5, 13, John 6, 40. He heard you. He forgave you. You belong to Christ. Rejoice in that. Beautiful.
0: I love spending time with you, Alex. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: I, my friend. Yeah. You're the best. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
0: Dr. Alex McFarland has been my guest. You can learn more about him at alexmcfarland.com. We're going to hand the baton off from one Alex to another. After a short break, my next guest is Dr. Alex Early. We'll be right back. It's pretty important to be able to understand theology at any age, and if you've got kids or grandkids, and they ask you questions, and sometimes you don't know the answers, and that can feel a little panicky, uh, we're going to talk today to uh, Dr. Alex Early. He's written a book called Thinking About God, and it's going to help us uh, feel better equipped to talk to kids and grandkids about our faith. Alex, welcome. Hey,
2: thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
0: interesting book. I love that you're gonna you're gonna t- talk to us and guide us and give us some practical ways that we can talk about theology in a way that kids can understand. So let me start with just your book, Thinking About God. Uh, if you would, just uh, maybe tell us a little bit about it. We're in a, we're in an yeah. elevator. We've got uh, thirty seconds. What's your book about? All right.
2: Yeah, the big idea is to take the the major concepts of the Bible and put them into language that kids can understand without um, betraying like theological language. So we'll take terms like propitiation or atonement or something like that, and explain those in ways that elementary school kids can get.
0: I love it. And even bringing up the word propitiation, there's people, uh, adults listening that that are thinking, I don't even know what that means right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. For sure. And so it's a, it's a word that's used in a few places in the New Testament. And it basically just means to cover it means it's, it's a way of speaking of what Jesus does as he dies for our sins. He covers our sins. And so, um, yeah. So the big idea of the book is trying to take these big concepts that we get from Genesis to Revelation and put them in a, in a easy, accessible Q and A format for kids to be able to dialogue with. God's Word. It's a it's a warm invitation, really, to doing deep spiritual formation, going about our discipleship uh, at an earlier age rather than waiting till much later. Yeah.
0: Where and when did you get this idea to write a children's book about theology? <laughs>
2: uh, it was during the pandemic in 2020. Okay. When we were shut down, you know, I'm in Seattle. And so we were in one of our more stricter seasons of of shutdown. And one night, uh, my son, our son Jude, he just asked me, Um, Dad, what's a theologian? Just out of nowhere. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Well, <laughs> it's, funny. It's, funny. it's like You it's better a, be able to answer this one. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> How do I say this? Yeah, it's someone that thinks about God, you know, that was the quickest and easiest way to get it into an elementary school boy's mind you know he said oh okay and then he started asking theological questions about creation or sin or the prophets or jesus or the holy spirit you know we started just he started asking all kinds of questions and so i just started answering them and as i answered those questions by the end of the conversation uh i asked he and our daughter Tove, would you guys like me to write some of this stuff down for Free, like make you guys like a little book like, oh wow yeah that'd be awesome and so i would get up early in the mornings during the pandemic you know before everything got going and would just start writing them what do they need to know what are the what's the big ideas going on in the bible what's the big story of the bible and what are the things that, that i want to pass on to my kids and so that's really where it came from mm-hmm. i love that Um, Alex Early is my
0: guest, and we are talking about his book, Thinking About God. And Alex, can you talk about how um, parents can feel more confident in not having all the answers? Um, And maybe it's just not parents. Maybe it's also like a certain radio talk show host.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, I think especially with, gosh, with reading something like this alongside your children which is something i'm really encouraging everybody to do um most parents know how to answer a lot of the theological questions that kids ask uh even though they may not have all the right language they know the answer if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like kids will ask things like well who made god and parents know to say something like well, technically nobody made God. God wasn't made in a factory and God doesn't have parents. Uh, God's always existed, you know, and I'll take that idea in the book and go, you know, there's actually a word for that. There's actually an old doctrine. It's called a which means God comes from God. And we'll explain that with just a paragraph. But it's enough to where a parent can be reading, and go, oh, I had no idea there was actually a word for that. Mm. That's great. You know? um, And in the experience where the parent is learning alongside the child, that's where a relationship can really develop where mom and dad can go, you know what? I actually never thought of that question either. That's great. Let's go look it up, you know, and like, let's, let's grow in our faith together right here. And that's, that's kind of what we would all hope as moms and dads and grandparents and Sunday school teachers is to grow alongside, not just be 10 miles out front guiding a child, but rather I want to also grow alongside you, you know? It's just such uh, a see-
0: wonderful idea that you're doing this alongside and and doing it together.
2: Yeah, that's that's the hope because yeah. our theology is theology at, at its core is very relational. We're talking about God as the Trinity and He made us in His image. And so if we're talking and thinking about God. It's supposed to be horizontal too, not just vertical and how we think, but horizontal and how we talk and live and carry out our lives, you know?
0: Mm hmm. Alex, can you give me like a, a, a topic um, and then show how it turns into uh, content that children can
2: grasp? Yeah. Yeah. So, well. You mentioned a moment ago, like propitiation. Okay. Like, um, and so I will take idea and we'll look at like things like the Passover. And what what was Passover in the Old Testament when the people of you know the Hebrew people sacrificed a lamb to cover the doorframe of the home so that the people could go free and um I'll build out that theology and show okay, you see how this sacrifice of the lambs now speaks to final like Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away our sin and I'll build out that theology and then at the end of the chapter there gives some Q&A and some kind of practical questions to to dig in going okay so if God has covered my sin that means God forgave me have you had to forgive somebody what's it look like did you ever ask for forgiveness what was that experience like so That's kind of the the approach of it. It's not just trying to get like theological data into the mind of the child so that they understand, you know, cognitively what the Bible is saying. But it's also trying to get what the Bible is saying into the heart to go. This is how you apply this, you know, with your brothers and sisters or your next door neighbor or whatever. Here's how you can apply forgiveness in your own life, you know. Mm -hmm. And so so that's kind of how it. There's an example anyway as to what you were asking. I, I
0: like that. Uh, Alex, did your kids uh, play a part in writing this? And are they getting a royalty or at least a bump in allowance?
2: <laughs> <laughs> a bump in allowance <laughs> <Okay>. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, you no, know, they they did in a way like I would test ideas out with them sure. as I was writing. I, I didn't want to just write it completely out of my own head. Um so, yeah, I worked with them a little bit during it. And then um, I also worked really closely with the publisher, B&H Kids. They were so helpful in in the writing process because, as I would uh, send in the material, they'd go, oh, this is great. What if we asked this question, too? Like, yeah, like great. So we were able to dialogue a lot uh, as well. And so the publishing house was just amazing uh, to work with.
0: Nice. So Alex, let's talk a little bit about the, the style and the format of your book. I love Q&A because mm-hmm. we all should be asking lots of questions. I have mm-hmm. an unlimited supply of questions. And mm-hmm. when you get a simple question and an answer that you can, you can walk away with and go, I can now fully understand to some degree what this means and I can mm-hmm. now apply it in my life. That's very cool. So yeah. it's written in a Q&A style. Maybe mm-hmm. you can talk a little bit more about how it
2: works. Yeah, so like um you know in the chapter say on the Trinity, you know, um I'll ask questions like, well, where does the word Trinity come from? Who are the members of the Trinity? So are there three gods or one god? <laughs> uh, should I pray to the Father, Son and the Holy or the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know, like um so as I write the the content itself and discuss the the word Trinity, where it comes from, the doctrine of the Trinity. I'm I'm pausing and just asking um, the questions out loud, so as to guide a child as they as they read. And the way it actually, the type setting, the font, the illustration uh, in the book is all really well done, and so that it your eye moves around the page very very easy. It it doesn't feel like you know. A, a grown up theology book that can feel very dry and clunky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this right. is far more, far more engaging. The illustrations are really beautiful, you know. And so yeah. So that's that's basically how it works. Okay. I write a chapter and then just ask questions throughout, you know. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Alex, you're a, a really smart guy. You've got
0: two master's degrees and you've got your um your Doctor of Intercultural Studies. So uh, what I I love about what you're doing is you're giving us um, a a book geared for answering kids' questions, which I think is helpful for adults to read as well. Um, And Because I think when you're reading uh, content for kids, uh, because sometimes I read uh, books for adults written by theologians, and it's so heady, I get lost so quick. And maybe that's just (laughs) me, but... I sometimes think there's a certain level of of writing that is is designed to show how smart we are.
2: Yeah, oh gosh, and theologians are not hurting for to live up to what you just described. Yeah. Yeah, they they can live in the clouds. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's and there's a place for that. Yes, and amen, sure. Um but really this is not that. It is trying to take those big top shelf ideas and put them down where everybody can grasp them and reach them. And I, I'm telling you, after doing a lot of theological education in the academy and teaching and all the rest, like I can tell you writing a theology book for kids is infinitely harder than writing a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> because, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. You're trying to take these ideas and go, okay, yeah, great. That's, that's great. Um How to, how can you say that in a way that a nine-year-old can get it? Yeah, you know, well, and, amen. And if they- And if they can't get it, then it's like they used, I used to hear, you know, if you can't explain it to a kid, you haven't totally mastered the content yet, you know? And um, I found that to be pretty true.
0: (laughs) Well, I find it, it can be a little edgy hosting a a radio show on Christian radio where people throw out words all the time. And I understand the word maybe, um, but maybe the person who just tuned in and has been kicking the tires of faith for a month has no idea what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that's what we don't want to do like as, as as followers of Jesus. We don't want to alienate people with our heady language or our christianese yeah. or all of our jargon. Someone walks in and goes, "Yeah, I I don't have a clue what you're talking about because you're talking <laughs> about being like washed in the blood of the lamb or something like this is I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, right. And we want to use language that the people use, you know? And so yeah, that's that's some of the heart behind writing a theology book for kids. It's like, how do we get this to them?
0: (laughs) Yeah, amen. All right, Dr. Alex Early is my guest. His book is Thinking About God. And we're going to take a break and be right back. Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You might be the kind of person that goes to Paris and still listens to Faith Radio on the app. Or you might be more like the person that goes into the next room in your apartment and listens. The good news is, is using the app is just as easy in both places. Downloading the free app is crazy easy. Just text the word APP to 877 and click the link. And if you happen to be in Paris, there is a really nice little coffee shop not far from the Eiffel Tower that serves a really nice chocolate biscotti. I'm happy to be meeting Dr. Alex Early for the first time and talking about his book, Thinking About God. It's certainly not his first. He's also the author of The Reckless Love of God, The New Believer's Guide to the Christian Life, The Cross and the Kaleidoscope. And he's the lead pastor of Redemption Church in Seattle and loves God's Word. And I can tell, Alex, is, when you when we talk about theology, and that can be a big word that scares people, and they say, well, I, I'm not a theologian, but... It, Encourage us all to be okay with theology and and to say, no, I need to be a little bit of a theologian.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, know, there is an old adage um, that says, you know, everyone is a theologian. Like, we all have our thoughts about God. Some are more well-rounded than others, you know. Um, The reality is, is the word theology can be very scary. It can be an intimidating word. And the reality is is gosh, everyone belongs in the world of theological thought, you know, like Jesus himself took children up into his arms and he blessed them, saying to them it belongs the kingdom of God, and so if that's one of the images, one of the clearest images that we have of who Jesus was in his incarnation. What you find is God in the flesh, extending a warm embrace and a welcome to to children. Say you belong right here with me and going, okay, well, if that's the picture, then as an adult, I must belong too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so um, if we're going to grow in our discipleship, then yeah, we're going to have to love God with our minds, which is going to involve some reading, some thinking, some stretching, and um so one of the you know big drives behind writing thinking about god is i wanted to give our kids something that they could build their faith on that they would understand that gosh the christian faith holds intellectual weight it's credible that I don't want my kids walking into whatever middle school and high school and then finally university and getting blown out of the water by their first philosophy professor uh, who challenges the Christian faith, but rather go, no, these things are, I've actually thought these things through to a degree and they can actually hold up under academic scrutiny, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Alex, maybe uh, if you would give us some practical ways that parents, can talk about theology, um, or grandparents to talk about theology. Just maybe a couple of, of starter tips, because it can be a roadblock in a lot of people's heads.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one is to remember, what is theology? Just what's the word mean? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, if we break it apart, theos means God, ology means to study, Okay, so I'm going to study God. I'm going to think about who God is and how God's revealed himself in his word and in the world. And so to remember, gosh, don't let this word intimidate you. If you're following Jesus, you're already doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, oh, okay, that's all this is? Yeah, that's all this is. You, like, and so you're already doing it. In fact, you're probably well on down the road in your own faith. Like, great. You're, you're, you've you're you already been equipped with the mind of Christ. You've already been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your faith is in Jesus. And so it's like, great. Well, let's just sharpen up, you know? And so that's one thing that I would encourage parents or grandparents who might find this stuff to be a little intimidating or kind of going, what's the point to go, oh my gosh. Like the Psalmist says, Lord, open my mind, open my eyes that I might see and behold new things in your law. Mm, you know, I love to, it. gosh, I want, I want to see something new. God, I'm not done growing in my faith. Mm-hmm. Push me along, carry me along, you know? And so that's, that's something I would say to parents or grandparents or Sunday school teachers, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And Alex, how would we uh, teach, instruct our kids and grandkids that their faith is something they need to own, not something that they're just uh, getting from us, but they're, yeah. they're
2: owning it themselves. Yeah. You know, um, Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, uh, is credited with saying uh, every man has to do two things himself. He has to do his own believing and his own dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, <laughs> and nobody can do those things for you. It's kind yeah. of like the death and and stuff. But it's like, okay, you got to do your own believing and your own dying. That is, as a parent or a grandparent, we don't want our hand on to our children or grandchildren. Believe this because I do. Like I don't want my kids going, yeah. I just believe Jesus because Dad raised me to be a moral, ethical person in the world, and Jesus was the best option, I guess. Like, no, no, no. I want you to follow Jesus because you're convinced of the claims of Scripture and how the the vision that He gives for human beings to carry out our lives in the world makes sense, and it's it 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 it's cohesive with reality, you know. But the way we should live, it lines up. And so I don't want to just hand it over and copy and paste my faith. I want them to own it for themselves. And so when I think back to what Luther had to say, yeah, got to do your own, believing, in your own dying. Here's what mom and dad think. And here's what we're handing on to you. You know, we're passing it on, on to you. I want you to think about these things and see what do you believe, you know?
0: Yeah. And then when kids go off to college. If they own their own faith, they're going to be in a very different position than the ones who sort of subscribe to what mom and dad were saying growing up, and then they mm. drift away when they get to college. That's right.
2: That's right. And I, and that's what, you know, parents and grandparents, we'd hate for that to happen. And yeah. so it's like, well, I want to go ahead and show you that your faith is worth cultivating now as a child, rather than waiting till you're 19 years old in a philosophy class, all of a sudden going, wait a minute. Uh, I thought about God more like the Easter bunny than, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like this was not a myth that my mom and dad believed in. They didn't just hand me old stories because that's just what they thought they were supposed to. No, this was, this was thought through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our faith is built not on blind, naive optimism. Our faith is built on the historical records, incredible testimony of eyewitnesses preserved in what we call the scriptures, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we want our kids getting that early on rather than just later in life.
0: Yeah. Alex, what's our strategy if we don't have answers to the questions? Uh, give us some coaching on that. What's the time frame? Should it be, I'll, I'll get an answer and get back to you in a week or I'll have an answer you know? tomorrow or, and how do I go find the answer? <laughs> That's
2: great, you know. One is, uh, I think, saying "I don't know" is a very, very good thing for a mom or a dad or a teacher to be able to say. You know what? That's a fantastic question. I don't know. I don't know how the Trinity works exactly, and mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how long eternity is, and i I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> I don't like, you know? yeah. But here's where I'm going to go. Like, so for thinking about God, it gives lots of answers and helps begin those conversations but the i think when a mom or a dad is runs into that question is going you know what deuteronomy 29 tells us the secret things belong to god and there are some questions that we have that we're just not going to have answers to there's just things god hasn't told us yeah and he hasn't explained in infinite detail the bible is an incredible revelation of god it's god's written revelation to human beings but even within scripture he doesn't tell us everything that there is to know he tells us what we need to know mm-hmm. and so i think it's completely okay to be totally honest yeah it's the wrong thing to be totally honest go, you know what i just don't know but just because i don't know doesn't mean i quit thinking about god and just because I don't know, doesn't mean I opt out of my faith or stop walking with Jesus. It just means I'm going to walk through this world not knowing some things. Yeah. And that's a...
0: <laughs> so, Alex, I'll be... Uh, my last question, I'll be seven years old and I'll ask you something and then you can try to answer it.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm seven now. So, uh, Alex, does everything in the Bible have an application to me?
2: <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> there's there's
1: your theological answer.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes, yes and no. Uh-huh. Uh there are certain instances in the Bible where we see people do things that say they shouldn't do. Say there's the David and Bathsheba incident.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay?
2: Um incident is putting it mildly, I yes. guess. Yes. Uh, so there's David and Bathsheba. What should you apply about that story? Well, nothing um, in the sense of don't repeat David's behavior. Right. But but the point of that story is not just to tell you don't repeat David's behavior. That point of the story says David needs a savior. Mm. And, and there was a greater David that came along that resisted temptation. And there was another David that came along that didn't kill, but rather laid down his life. There was another David that came along, right? Yeah. And so in a sense yes, the Bible's for you, but to draw applications, applications always run through the person and the work of Jesus. Mm. Every single story, every single instance in the Bible finds itself being refined or defined by the person and the work of Jesus. And if it doesn't square with who Jesus is, as Christians, we go, okay, I'm going to learn that lesson uh, but I'm going to go in this other direction because Jesus has clearly parted ways with say David or Abraham or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that, I think that's how I'd shoot from the hip right there with a, with a seven year old Yeah, or a grown up.
0: I like it. <laughs> Alex, do come back on the show. I, I want to talk about some of your other books. I want to chat about the new believer's guide to the Christian life. And I, we have a lot more talking to do. So, uh, please come back.
2: I would love to.
0: Okay. I look forward to that. Thank you so much for uh, doing the show today.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Dr. Alex Early has been my guest. His book that we've been talking about is called Thinking About God. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we've got a brand new show segment, never done before, at least Two Jews and a Gentile. That's up there. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support.